Resilient, a podcast designed to help heal and support the El Paso community. Hello, I'm your host, Mariana Sierra, Outreach Coordinator for the El Paso United Family Resiliency Center, a program of United Way of El Paso County. We are dedicated to serve those who were impacted directly or indirectly by August 3rd. Join us on the journey to long-term recovery as we have honest conversations with local leaders, mental health specialists, and fellow El Pasoans who share their stories and expertise. We feature topics that influence and impact the vitality and resilience of our community. We are El Paso United, and together we heal. Juntos sanamos. listener, before we begin, a note of warning. The topic we're about to explore contains a mention of the mass casualty event and a description of the events that unfolded thereafter. This episode may not be suitable for everyone. Hello, welcome back to another episode of United and Resilient. Once again, thank you so much for being here. For this month's episode, we highlight one of our wonderful community partners, the YWCA of El Paso. Thanks to our partnership, FRC participants are eligible to receive free fitness classes at their locations. Today, we welcome Scott Smith, a certified personal trainer and nutritional coach at the YWCA. And throughout our conversation, we discuss how can nutrition boost and improve our mental health. Scott, welcome to United and Resilient. Thank you. I appreciate it. So, Scott, Tell us a little bit more about yourself, the work that you do, your background experiences, the specialties. I know one of the things that we discussed uh, prior to starting this interview is that you have a deep passion for fitness and nutrition. So tell us a little bit about your story. Yes. Yes, Mariana. My name is uh, Scott Smith. I have a husband. I've been married for about 21 years now. Um, I've got two kids um, who I've trained as well. Um, and luckily, they've made it to uh, district championships due to fitness training that they've had. I'm a military veteran of 22 years, and I've been through six combat tours. I'm also, since I retired from the military, I decided to go out and become a personal trainer. The reason why I wanted to become a personal trainer is because I wanted to continue to help out my community and help out my people. And one of the best people to one of the best ways to help. Um, the community is through fitness and nutrition. So I first learned the fitness piece. And then from that point right there, then I started dabbling into the uh, nutritional side of everything. So I became a nutritional coach about a good four years ago. So I know the value in, you know, good health and nutrition. And I just want to try and, you know, help out the community any way I possibly can, because I know that those two things help me out. Um, when I retired and had to uh, have battles with PTSD and um, brain traumatic injuries and things like that. Perfect. Well, Scott, once again, thank you so much for being here. And I think one of the things that I've learned throughout the years is that when you see that something works for you, you want other people to experience that, right? You want other people to join. Definitely, I can relate to that, you know, because I myself, you know, have found tools and habits that help me to achieve a better life in a sense. And I want others to join and I want to help others that way. So I thank you for your service uh, and for this commitment that you have for our community. So um, 
now that we know a little bit about where your passion comes from, can you tell us a little bit about the work that you do with the YWCA? So what I normally do with the, I've been working with the YWCA since 2016, and I've been a fitness trainer there um, for the whole time. So basically, um, I work with the uh, participants that come. It doesn't matter whether they're young or it doesn't matter whether they're old. I teach uh, their cardio tone classes. And with our cardio tone classes, I go through everything from yoga all the way to um, high intensity interval training, um, step aerobics, so on and so forth. Other other uh, um, programs that they have there is uh, Silver Sneakers, and that's for our um, more elderly population. I also help out when, and teach that as well. Um, and then when it comes down to um, aqua aerobics, aqua aerobics is a, another passion of mine that I, uh, I enjoy teaching as well. So for those of us that are out there that can't hop, skip, and jump, and they can't, you know, move as well as they used to. Um, aqua aerobics is a great low impact workout that you can do to uh, continue to stay healthy and uh, train your heart to be strong as well. Now, Scott, I really want to talk about, you know, nutrition. Um, one of the things that I also told you previously is that we were, um, you know, privileged to talk about uh, physical activity in the past episode. And now we want to talk about nutrition because we understand that nutrition and physical activity is something that they go very well together. So now we want to focus on nutrition. Um, and one of my first questions for you, Scott, is that as a society, we understand that nutrition and our diets is crucial uh, for our physical health. Yet, and the benefits of good nutrition can be many, one of them being boosting the positive effects in our mental health. So why can nutrition improve our mental health? So the reason why um, nutrition can improve your mental health is because it has, uh, it's got, how can I say it? It's got feel good properties in them. Um, there are certain vitamins and minerals that's, em that's embedded in these fruits and vegetables that we eat every day that um, help our neurotransmitters produce different types of uh, chemicals inside our body that just, you know, turns around and makes us feel good. Um, Two of the ones that I can think about the most is uh, dopamine and serotonin. Um, you get those, you get those um, feel-good um, chemicals through your fruit, fruits and vegetables. They uh, help out with focus. They help out, you know, when it comes down to uh, exercising and wanting to um, continue to eat healthier. Because from that point right there, you start to see the. Um, it's also something that helps you sleep a little bit better as well. So. We all know that if we can sleep better, then at the same time, we have more energy. So if we sleep better, then we have more energy. And from having more energy, then we wake up and we have a more positive outlook on life. And um, from that point right there, we tend to start feeling better. That's always true, right? Because, you know, as you mentioned earlier, you were faced with your own experiences, traumatic events, and I myself did too. So I would always encounter that you know, when I took care of my nutrition, even though I was facing a difficult moment in my life, it made me feel better. And when I took, um, you know, my nutrition was poorly, it made me feel worse about myself because maybe the sugary foods were not as, as beneficial for my body. So one of the things that I've also learned in my own journey, because nutrition has always been a big, big, big component in my life. I've 
I faced a couple of things. Um, and one of the things that I've learned is about mindful eating. You know, when you're very, very mindful of what you're eating, the foods that um, are going through your body. So to you, what is mindful eating and how can I know which diet is best for me? Okay, Mariana. So when it comes down to mindful eating, that's one of the biggest things that I teach um, my fitness clients and I teach my uh, nutrition uh, clients as well. So when you go to the grocery store and you're, um, you're looking for foods to eat, you're walking down the aisle. Um, one thing that you have to keep in mind is the fact that the food industry is a business. It literally is a business. And on the front of that box is going to tell you that it's the best thing since sliced bread. It's going to make you healthy. It's going to cure all your problems. It's going to make you the best. It's going to make you feel like a million bucks. But that may not necessarily be the truth in the back. So one of the things that helps out with mindful eating is learning how to read nutritional facts. That's going to be a huge one. And when you do pick an item, knowing how to figure out, is this, is this item actually healthy for me? Or is this item based off of the ingredients that they have? Will it, 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 will it do anything for you or will it hurt you more than it, it'll help you? So that's one of the biggest things that I teach because you can sit there and buy a product that you think is going to be the best thing since sliced bread. And then all, some, then all of a sudden you eat it and you're eating it for three, four weeks or whatnot. And it's just not doing it for you. And you can't figure it out. The, you can't figure out the reason why. So when it comes down to dieting for um, beginners, what I always tell them to do is to start off with um, the number one thing is always going to be fruits and vegetables. It's always going to be um, starting off with those eight servings of your fruits and vegetables. And then on top of that is also when people use the word diet, I tend to try and steer them away from it because of the simple fact that diet just seems like it's such of a short term, um, term. So I'd like to, you know, tell people, you know, start saying that it's a lifestyle change. You're looking to change your lifestyle. That's a long-term. And then with that being said, something that goes along with your mindful eating is goals. So when you're sitting there and you're going through the grocery store and you're trying to be mindful and you're trying to learn what to eat and how to eat it and so on and so forth, keep in mind that you have goals because I guarantee you, you're going to have one item on the left that's going to be good for you. Then you're going to have that item that's right on the right that's going to be the total opposite. And you have to be in that my, my right mindset to pick the right item as well. So Diet. So when it comes down to dieting and lifestyle changes, it all depends on the actual person. There's no um, diet that there's no diet or lifestyle change that fits all. And then at the same time, it's based on what you're trying to do. Like, for example, for those of us who are who are trying to feel better and, you know, they, they want better brain activity and they want to, you know, you know, increase their positive mood and maybe pull themselves out of depression what are those things that's going to be there? Like, I, like I'll preach 101 times over, it's going to be your fruits and vegetables. At least, you know, trying to get your uh, fruits and a fruit and a vegetable for uh, breakfast, definitely some type of vegetable for lunch, uh, another fruit for a snack, and definitely at least two vegetables uh, for dinner. That's going to be, um, I'll say, three quarters of what you're going to need right there. That's going to help you out mentally. 
And one of the things that you mentioned, and for me, because I all I work with my own, um, you know, professional with my nutritionist. Uh, one of the things that I encountered with her, and it was the first time that I encountered this, is that she taught me how to read the labels, um, and that's so important. And you know, I was I was uh, 26 when I started with her, but I mean, I've tried diets since I was I don't know since I was 15, and for the first time. You know, more than 10 years later, I was taught how to read labels. So now that we're talking about this, where can people get this information? Because I understand that maybe it can be a little bit more complex. Well, people think it is, but maybe it's more simple. So where can people get this information and get educated on labels for mindful eating? Okay, so one of the uh, websites that you can use that's from the FDA is choosemyplate.gov. That's going to be one of the best ones that you can get. Then you have uh, healthcentral.com. And then from that point right there, you have uh, healthychoices.com. Those are also, those are all uh, three very good uh, websites that I tend to use when I want to learn more and more about nutrition, especially when it came down to um, boosting my metabolism because a lot of people don't necessarily know about their metabolism. They don't know how to manipulate their metabolism. They don't know how to boost it. And they don't know how they think that, oh, well, you know, I'm just getting old. So now that I'm getting old, my metabolism is just not going to work anymore. And it's just going to be slow. And what a lot of people don't realize, it really doesn't matter. You could be 60, 65, 65 70, 75 years old. And you still can boost your metabolism. All you literally got to do is just start moving. Um, when it comes down to choose my plate, choosemyplate.gov has, um, I, I, I can't even describe it. It has a plethora of uh, information that's there that you can that you can access, and it's going to talk about everything from food, nutrition to uh, mindful eating. It's going to talk to you about. Um, Brain health is going to talk to you about, um, you name it, it's, it's pretty much got it. So that'll also help you out as well. One of the things that I also want to share with our audience that definitely helped for me is that I seeked out for help. You know, I invested in that and, and maybe there's a stigma and maybe and maybe we can talk about it because you are the expert, but there's a stigma maybe that people think that it's, it's expensive or are there not enough resources, but they are. I mean, you know, if people out there are listening, the Family Resiliency Center can definitely lead you to these resources that can help you get educated and get this education and, you know, figure out what is that works best for you. Because there are professionals like Scott here that are, are willing to help, you know, all you have to do is ask for the help, basically. Um, because yeah, there's so many diets out there. There's so much information and sometimes it can be very overwhelming as far as like, where can I start? Um, and then I also found in my own journey that I would get discouraged, right? Because a diet didn't work for me as it would work for my friend, you know? And I would get so frustrated because what works for, for somebody else doesn't work for me. So it was a lot of investment in myself to figure out what is what works best for me, but it was a lot of me asking for that help because I needed it. Also, one of the things that we also discussed throughout past episodes, and it, it, it comes back is the fact that you need to listen to yourself 
and what is best for you, you know, and don't put yourself in a box that, okay, I need to eat only apples for, <laughs> for breakfast, dinner, and, you know, lunch, only apples. You know, I've heard that diet so many times and it's like, no, 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 no. Like give, allow yourself what, it, what works best for you. And for me, it's been mindful eating, you know, and listening to what my body needs, you know, um, recently I was in vacation, Scott, and I was, you know, walking and sweating cause it was summer and, you know, I could, I, I started to listening to my body and I could hear my body telling me, you know what, you need protein, you need meat, you need something. Cause you've been eating like so many foods that you don't, you don't usually eat because you're in vacation, right? When vacation, sometimes we let loose and we yeah. eat some foods that we usually don't eat at home. So, um, I listened to my body. I was like, you know what? I need meat. I need chicken. I need something. So I made sure that I made myself like a very well dinner that day because my body was, was needing that. So it's really that connection and that awareness of yourself and what is it that you need. When it comes down to uh, you're, you just starting out after about a good four weeks, your body's going to wake up and it's going to start telling you, you know, what it wants to do. It's going to tell you, wake up. It's going to tell you, hey, I want to eat this. Hey, let's eat that. Hey, you know, if you eat that ice cream over there, it's going to make you sick. So you might not want to do it. So it's going to tell you all of these different things. And listening to your body is uh, no doubt probably the number one thing that you can do um, to not only, you know, stay sane and to stay healthy and stuff like that, but to um, keep yourself going in the right direction. Um, your body's going to sit and tell you. Um, or, or better yet, there, there's something called that I like to call connecting your body to your brain. And there's several several different ways that you can do it. Um, with exercise, it's, move, it's simple. It's something as simple as moving the, your arms and your legs and going in two opposite directions. That alone will, will um, connect your body and your brain. When it comes down to food, it's literally just honing in and taking the time to taste the food that you're eating. And then from that point right there, once you start honing in and you start tasting the food that you're eating, yeah. your stomach is going to start telling, it's going to start connecting with your brain and your brain, your stomach's going to say, Hey, I'm full. I don't want to eat anymore. Rather than you sitting there trying to shove a whole bunch of food down your stomach. And then before you know it, you're stuffed and your brain's like, dude, I told you to stop eating like three or four slices of pizza ago. You yeah. shouldn't, you shouldn't be here, you know? So it, 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 it all involves taking your time and yeah. that's one way of doing it. I'm, I'm so excited that you said that because again, it's one of those things that I've realized and it, it sparks like fireworks in my mind that I didn't like, it's been, I'm right now I'm 27 years old. And I just realized this, that tasting the food, I mean, that's just wonderful because sometimes you know, one of the things that I also worked with my own nutritionist is that she, she discovered that I always, well, before I would always eat while watching TV or while doing something. So I know a lot of people are guilty of this. I myself am guilty of that. And of course you don't realize what you're eating. So now I've learned to actually sit down and look at my plate. And really it's like a mindful exercise of like, acknowledging what is in front of me and tasting the food. 
What also has been very empowering for me in my own nutrition journey, I love that you call it like that. I'm going to copy you for now on, um, is that cooking my own meals. Goodness. Oh my gosh. Because I, I always told myself that I was the worst cook and I'm still am. I, I like, I'm not, I'm that. not a perfect cook. Let me tell you just that. But there's a lot of power in cooking your own meals because you actually see what's going in your body. Exactly. And for me, it's been like a game. Like, I'm mm-hmm. trying, what if I tried this differently? And what if I do this differently? And mm-hmm. it's very empowering. It's very, very empowering for me that, you know, cooking my own meals and not relying on buying something on the way back home or, you know, now that we're right now in the pandemic, I know a lot of people, you know, ordered in uh, with Uber Eats and Postmates and all this stuff, but there was a lot of power for me in cooking my own meals. A lot of people just, you know, you see the results of someone losing weight or someone, you know, having a healthier mental state or, but there's a lot of struggles and a lot of hurdles and, and to get yourself there, you know, right now I get excited about nutrition, but before it was very, very difficult for me to, to even talk about to even say the word diet, it was just so difficult for me. And it really was a process. And it really also was I the work that I did with my own professional, um, my nutritionist. It was very, it went tied on with, of course, with physical therapy and counseling and seeing what, what was there and like grasping, you know, the habits that, that I had since a very, very young age. So it is, it, it is a long journey a difficult journey, but a very doable journey if if you ask for help, because again, once again, there is help for you. This is United and Resilient. We'll be right back. My name is Iris Lopez. I am a weather anchor and reporter for KVIA-TV here in El Paso, Texas. I'm also the founder of Miha Yes You Can, a local nonprofit organization here in the borderland as well. Where was I on August 3rd, 2019? I was working. I used to work the weekend mornings. I would do the weather. And that day, it was a slow news day, something that me and my fellow coworkers will never say again because we feel like it was just, you know, something that just jinxed us. And I remember that day, you know, I got off at nine o'clock and I said, you know, there's not much going on. I usually would do the web stories after my shift for weather. So I said, I'm going to go pick up my son from his dad's house, um, grab some lunch. At the time, that was lunchtime for me. And I specifically remember when I was heading out of the parking lot, our assignments desk um, manager at the time, Peter Rothermel, I specifically remember him jolting out of the building, running after my car. And I look in my rear view mirror and I'm like, what in the world is he doing? I finally stop, he comes up and he says, hey, I might need you to write a web article because there's a reported shooting at the Walmart by Cielo Vista. And, you know, we hear about shootings here in the borderland and being in news, sometimes we become numb to these stories. So we thought, oh, it might not be something. But I said, okay, well, I'll drive past Yellow Vista. It's on my way home. When I get home, I'll write the web article and see what's going on. He was like, okay, that sounds good. Driving by Yellow Vista Mall, I remember I had never heard so many sirens in my life. And it was at that moment that I realized this is something, this is more than just nothing. And sure enough, my boss calls me and says, where are you? We need you to come back. We need all hands on deck. So I said, okay, let me just pick up my son real quick. Picked him up. I was going to leave him with my grandparents, but I said, no, I felt uneasy. I said, baby, you're going to come with me to work. 
he was tired. He was up the night before late. So I said, you can sleep right there in the little waiting area. And thankfully he slept through the whole thing. I would go back and forth to check on him because I didn't want to see, I, he was nine years old at the time. I didn't want him to be watching the news and just to get scared. And all of my coworkers remember seeing that too. You know, they would walk in to an innocent nine-year-old sleeping on the couch, no worries in the world. Then they would head to the newsroom and there's just, it's one of the darkest days of all of our lives. And it's something they remember and it's something that I remember as well. And that day it was all hands on deck. All of my coworkers, we wanted to just help however we could. Some of us didn't even want to go home, but our boss said, you need to go home because you know, you need to take some time because this is going to be going on for a while. And sure enough, I remember days after that, right in front of my desk, we, you know, in the news world, we have to keep up with the victims and who passes away. And every time there would be another victim of the shooting, they would put their picture up with their name. And I had 22 at the time pictures in front of me. And I would walk in every day, see their pictures. And it just took a toll on me. It, it was it was tough, but I remember the next day I had to give the forecast, you know, Sunday morning. And I said, who wants to listen to the weather? You know, when it's one of the darkest days of our lives. But my boss said, you know, we need to give them a little sunshine on one of these dark days. So just try as much as you can. And I tried, but it wasn't easy. But I do think that people just needed some somewhat of a break. And I will remember, though, August 3rd, I'm always going to remember that day. But August 4th is one of the days that I think I'll remember as well because our community just came together and it was just like something I had never seen before. Shirts being made, stickers being made, people just throwing money left and right to help however they could. We may not have known someone personally, but in a sense we did. You know, we're all family here in the borderland and someone does something to our people, you know, we're gonna, we're gonna do what we can to help them feel better and we're gonna do what we can to help our community come together. And I think since that day, our community has been, I mean, El Paso Strong, it's, it's more than a phrase, it is now a way of living. Now, Scott, one of the things that I wanna talk about is, because you talked about how to get started and with nutrition, Again, there's so many diets out there, right? There's so many, oh, you do this and this and that, and this is what you're going to eat. But really, what I also appreciate about my nutritionist is that she allowed me to go step-by-step -step baby steps, right? Mm -hmm. and, and not hate myself when I fell through. It was like, hey, 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 you know what? Because before, when I go to previous, uh, you know, professionals, like, it, it will feel like they were... Uh, regañando that they were like my parents like no you did this lady I'll call you I'm like no pizza no and for the first time the lady that I'm working with now she is very she allows me to to get to get myself to know my body and what are my needs and and it's okay so in a Friday night I had pizza like that that doesn't matter that doesn't like take steps away from my own journey so how can we get started and what is the best way to get started um, okay. So the, uh, some, a few things I want to, um, touch on before we even get started with how to get started. Um, you mentioned making your own food. One of the, uh, 
things that excite you, like I said, is experimenting and, you know, picking out your own food and how you want to eat it. This is the reason why I don't, I don't put recipes together for anybody. I'll put food combinations together for people, but I won't put actual recipes for, together for people because for me, what I might like, somebody else might not like. And for me, I have a very, I'll say a very relaxed, simple way of eating. Uh, whereas someone else, they've got to have this spice. They got to have that spice. They got to have this flavor. They've got, I, I don't need all of that in my life. I just want some food. I want to get full and I want to go about my life. Um, so anyway, I'm glad that you talked about that. When it comes down to actually getting started. So that's the, uh, that's the, um, that's the mental aspect of everything. First of all, I mean, like you've literally, you've literally got to make the commitment to sit down and write it down. That is my biggest thing that I always tell everybody. And those that I've trained, that I've trained and I've tried to work with before, their hardest thing was writing it down. Once they finally started to write it down, then they started to get it. So they started seeing what they were putting in their bodies. Once you, once you finally write down whatever it is that you, whatever your goals are, and then from that point right there, okay, well, you know what? I'm going to start eating healthier. Start doing your research. Once you start doing your research, you know, you, you'll start to see a whole bunch of foods that'll pop up that you used to eat a long time ago. For me, when I uh, retired from the military and I started um, on this, this, um, this nutritional journey of my own, I, uh, I discovered that it had been at least, I think, about 20 plus years since I had an actual apple. I hadn't eaten apples in I don't know how long. And it was just because of the simple fact that the military had them, but they didn't look pretty good. They didn't look, they weren't aesthetically pleasing uh, to the eyes, to say the least. But anyway, um, so once I started writing all of this stuff down and I started doing my research and I started looking into fruits and I started looking into vegetables and not just, you know, honing in on meat like um, a lot of men tend to do. Um, I started to see a whole, a whole bunch of foods and a whole bunch of uh, stuff out there that I was like, you know what, I'm going to try this. You know what, I'm going to try that. I'm going to try this. So I went to the grocery store, I bought it all up. And then from that point right there, and this is something that everybody goes through. Um, this situation that I'm going to describe, I'm not, I'm, I'm not sure if you were one of the fortunate, fortunate ones that didn't go through it, but I did. Um, in my, uh, in my um, haste and motivation, what I did was I bought all of these vegetables. I mean, I bought about a good $120 worth of uh, fruits and vegetables, brought all that stuff back, threw it on my counter, and just stared at it for about 20 minutes and had no clue what to do with it. You know, so from that point right there, um, it was like, okay, you know what? Calm down. Don't panic. Cause I mean, like everybody does it. They'll get to the grocery store and no matter how, no matter if they've been to the grocery store 101 times, they've been to the grocery store for their parents, they've been to the grocery store for their kids. They've been to the grocery store for their, uh, their husbands. They've been to the grocery store for their family members, but they've never been to the grocery store for themselves. And that's the thing that, that blows, blows people's minds. Because they'll go in the grocery store and be like, okay, what am I going to eat? And you got the whole grocery store full of foods and don't know what to pick. So anyway, going back to what I was saying before, um, you got all of this food right there. And, you know, 
from that point right there, that's the reason why you need that plan. That's the reason why you need to write it down. So what I did was I referred back to the plan. With that plan, I went ahead and seen, okay, I'm going to go ahead and I'm gonna chop up, you know, these vegetables. I'm going to go ahead and soak these beans. I'm going to go ahead and get ready, you know, get ready for a week's worth of food. From that point right there, the food I didn't need, it just clicked. I put the food in the refrigerator, everything that I did need. I started chopping it up. I started soaking it. I started, you know, cooking it. From that point right there, before you knew it, I had a whole week's worth of vegetables and a whole week, week's worth of uh, a side dishes to, uh, to eat. Then from that point, all I had to do was just figure out what I wanted to eat, put with it, whether it was going to be um, chicken, turkey, or um, some type of fish or something like that. So from that point right there, I sat my tail back down. I did more research. I figured out what's the best, the leanest type of chicken to eat. What's the leanest type of fish to eat? You know, all the things that you want to try and put a meal together. Once you got those, once you got all of that knowledge and you got all of that data, you go ahead and put all of that stuff together. Before you know it, you've got meals for the week. So that's how I got started. But for the average person that that doesn't necessarily know how to get started from scratch, um, I call this the two-week rule. Experiment, literally experiment. You already know. Um, that you're going to want to cut down on salt. You know, you're going to want to cut down on sugar. Um, you know, you're going to want to cut down on greasy food. So if you're one of those who like to go out and go out to eat and go out to uh, restaurants and all the time and stuff like that, that's going to, uh, that's going to come to a, a screeching halt and you're going to have to learn how to start making these foods on your own. And eventually you're, 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 you're going to have to experiment. You got your two weeks. You go through those two weeks. If what you tried worked, keep it. If what foods you ate worked, write them down and then put them inside of a recipe book because you're going to come back to it. And then from that point right there, you know, you go another two weeks. You try something new. Like, say, for example, if um, you were eating chicken and broccoli for uh, a week and you loved it, you go ahead and you got the chicken and broccoli. Then from that point right there, you go to something else. And if you like it, you keep it. If you don't like it, you throw it away. You find an, a, an alternative. Um, and then, you know, just like I said, it, it's, it's all about the experiment. Eventually, you'll get to where you want to be um, in due time. But it's just going to take you. A, it's going to take you some time. It's not going to happen overnight. Right. It is. It is. It takes you um, quite some time. And I myself. You know, right now when you were talking about that you bought all these vegetables, oh, when I always wanted to start, you know, I always bought those 100 worth of vegetables and then they went bad on the fridge. So, you know, it's 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 been a journey with me, but definitely, again, what has helped me is listening to what works for me and only me and, you know, getting that help, um, that professional help and acknowledging that I'm not alone in this journey. Also, including my family members um, that live with me, my friends that I engage with most often. So all those things have really helped me. But I also understand that when facing trauma like the one we many of us experienced on August 3rd, 2019, or we're facing a mental illness is very, very hard, you know, because, of course, sometimes there's not enough energy or there's not enough you know, sometimes it's, it's very hard. Mental illness is, is real and it's as real as physical illness. So, uh, what are the key barriers 
for engaging people with mental illness or trauma in good nutrition? And how can they get started while being mindful of their, of their situation, of their current trauma? So you, you mentioned support. Um, um, nutritionally, starting out on your nutrition journey, um, support is going to be extremely paramount because you're not going to be able to do this alone. And for, um, for me, that was one of the things that I noticed a long time ago. It's extremely hard to um, eat healthy when everybody that's around you is eating um, unhealthy or they're eating um, crappy foods and stuff like that. Um, and, and then at the same time, if you're, um, if, if you're having issues with mental health, health, it's the same concept. Um, you tend to, you tend to get that stigma that, you know, you're the only one that's going through it. You get stuck in your own little world. Um, you feel like, you know, it's only you that's going through this journey and nobody else is. And one of the things that I learned throughout this situation, especially with me, um, having PTSD is that everybody's got a story. And with that being said is if you tend to go to counseling, you'll tend to hear more of these stories and you'll feel that you're not the only one. And in turn, as time goes by, that's going to help you out. And it's going to give you a little bit more confidence to, you know, just keep pushing and to keep driving and, you know, to keep um, um, trying to be the very best that you can be. Um, so the, some of the barriers that, that you're going to go through um, besides that is just going to be, you know, just trying to make it through the day and, and you, you're not going to feel that motivation to do it. And, and it's, it's like, how can I describe it? <sighs> I hate to say it like this, but um, it's like going through, it's like every day is a Monday, put it that way. Every day is a Monday. And, and it seems like, you know, every time you, you you want to do the right thing or you want to sit there and you want to try to eat healthy. You got somebody walking past you with a, a, a big old, a, a big old, uh, a big old drumstick, a, a big old fried chicken wing. There you go. You got somebody walking past you with a big old fried chicken wing, or you got somebody where every time you want to sit there and you want to eat uh, a cup of broccoli, somebody walking past you with a cup of uh, strawberry cheesecake uh, ice cream. And you're sitting there like, ah, oh, I want that so bad. So it gets discouraging. The thing about it is, is once I started realizing this, especially when I was training soldiers in the military and the mental effects that it has on them, is that I would tell those younger soldiers, you know, get with a support group. Go, go, go hang out with friends that that that's like-minded with you. Um, you know, don't don't hang around people that 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 feeds into what you don't want to be. Because eventually you're going to wind up going right back to it. If you're around hanging around a whole bunch of people that's always eating unhealthy, eventually it's just going to go back to it. In order for you to get better mentally and get better uh, nutritionally, you got to change your environment. Um, even if it's something as simple as changing the paint on the walls, change it. If it's uh, something as simple as um, changing the clothes that you wear change it. You know, nobody says that, um, that, you know, just because, just because you, you look a certain way or you'd like to be a certain way or something like that, that you are, that, that you can't change it or, or that, you know, you can't change what, what you're doing or how you're doing it, stuff like that. So, um, from the, from a mental aspect, it's, uh, 
it's one of the things that I that helped me out. And then uh, I guess the biggest aspect of that um, would just be just would be just you know getting out and doing something. That was uh, that was another big thing that I had to learn how to do um, when I first started out with my nutritional journey. My nutritional journey. I just had to get out and do something. I had to go out, and as much as I couldn't stand hiking, I went hiking. As much as I couldn't stand um, running. I went running um, as much as I couldn't stand, um, you know, just doing certain things on a daily basis. I just started doing it. And once, once, you know, my body got used to it, my brain started expecting it and it just became a habit. And before you know it, the, the, uh, the barriers that were there, they, they started to break up and, and you know, just what, what mental counseling, be confident enough to uh, make those changes because you deserve it. And one of the things that I would also like to add, Scott, from my experience um, is one, um, when it comes to asking for help and uh, like the nutritionist um, that works with me, it was really allowing myself for her to know my story. And it was a connection. Like, I think it's very when you when you think about professional help and asking for, for professional help, one of the key things is that you have a strong connection with with the professional that's um, um, that is helping you and that is working with you. So, um, like I said in, uh, previously, she allowed me to make mistakes. She allowed me to to go through this journey and don't she didn't have like a structure plan for me. She allowed me for me to take the freedom and see what works for me. So really having that connection and and that honesty, because before when I started my own nutrition, nutrition journey, I didn't have that. It was just like, okay, you're going to eat a cup of rice and then you're going to eat, you know, this and this and that, and you have no say. And with, with the people, the person that I'm working currently, she allows me to have a say and she allows me to, you know, make my mistakes. And like I said, so that's one of the things. And then the second thing is, being patient with yourself, you know, being patient with yourself and your own journey uh, and being very loving of yourself. Um, that's that's another thing that also helped me. And finally, um, it's all about small decisions. So think of it. Like what helps me is to think of it, of my nutrition, of small decisions. So each morning I have the decision of eating what, what, what do I want to eat? What type of day do I want to have? Basically, for example, today, I am the worst example for this because I had cereal and had coffee. Coffee makes me really anxious and cereal has a lot of sugar. So I know that I set myself for failure because I'm sleepy right now and I am ready to just, you know, just go into the couch and go watch Netflix, which is fine. It's okay. It's just one day of time. But you know, I had the decision of eating. What what should I eat? Should I eat eggs? Should I have this and this and that? But I didn't allow myself to to cook my my breakfast this morning. So, you know, it's just small decisions. So, just for anyone out there who's facing, you know, mental illness and something traumatic, depression, anxiety, just think of your nutrition as one step at a time, one decision at a time, and don't think of it as oh, I need to lose. 
uh, 50 pounds and how am I going to get there? No, it's not about, you know, what you see in the scale. It's about one decision at a time and eventually you'll get there. That's what I've learned. Um, so now I also think about this word that I don't know, I, it, it causes, it, it causes me some triggers because, you know, in my own journey, it came across so many times, motivation, motivation. Oh, you're not motivated enough or you're not committed enough or, and it was just like, I am, but I am struggling with other things. So how can we stay motivated while facing a mental illness, while facing trauma? Ooh, motivation, huh? Um, motivation. That's, that, that's, uh, that, that's a, uh, that's a sensitive word for me too. Um, being in the, being, uh, um, former, um, former military vet, that's one of our, uh, that's one of our mantras. That's one of our go-to things. Um, soldier didn't want to do what he wanted to do. He didn't want to make it to work on time. Oh, he's just not motivated or, um, uh, soldier, uh, doesn't, uh, run a two mile as fast as, as fast as you think he's supposed to. And the first thing that comes out of his mouth is, oh, he's not motivated. And, um, it's a little bit deeper than that. And, and, and the bad thing about it was that I had to retire from the military to figure all of this stuff out. So um, you too, even when you do say the words, um, stay motivated or, or you, know, you know, how do you do things like that? And, and you know, how do you stay committed? So on and so forth. Um, I think about holistic health. Um, and for, for, for me, and for a lot of others, holistic health is what's going to keep you. It's going to keep you um, going forward. It's going to keep you uh, pushing towards your goals. Um, you've got your you've got your mental aspect of this. So not only are you are you um, eating healthy, not only are you um, exercising um, correctly, um, not only are you you know um, you, you're talking to somebody you know. From a mental for a mental aspect, maybe a healthcare professional, maybe a nutrition, your dietitian. But um self-care. Self-care is going to be one of those things that's going to push it, it may be one of those things that's gonna help you to, you know, items that you need in your life that's gonna show you the why. That's how I can say it. So you because I mean everybody goes through it. Everybody wakes up, even me. I wake up at four o'clock in the morning, I sit on my bed every single day. And, and I'm like, ah, oh, I got to go and work out in like an hour. So, and I only get about 30 minutes to work out a day. So I'll sit on my bed and I'll drag my butt out of bed. And some days I get up and I'm just like, why am I even doing this? What's the whole purpose behind all of this? Um, so everybody struggles with motivation. It's, it's just because you see somebody out there with a nice body or some something like that. They struggle with motivation too. So one of the things that um, can help you to stay motivated and help you uh help you to um keep pushing forward and to stay committed is that self-care. One of the other big things that I uh I also uh I try and preach a lot to um a lot of my clients and a lot of my friends, um, a part of self-care is, is celebrating your accomplishments. Um one of my uh clients, um, she lost um about 30 pounds and with her losing all of that weight, she started to see how much more physically capable that she was. And every time that she would um, she would reach a new height, 
I would, I would, you know, I would post something on Instagram to show her that, okay, so what? So if you do one pull-up, I'm going to do five pull-ups, something to keep motivating her. And it's the same thing for you. Uh, whenever you find something that you did that you couldn't do before, you need to mentally celebrate and, 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 and keep finding that new why to keep doing it. And before you know it, that those old feelings that you had, you know, sitting up on the bed or dragging yourself to the gym early in the morning or dragging yourself to the gym after you get finished or you get off work and stuff like that, it'll, it'll, you'll have a newfound purpose. But at the same time, you just can't forget the why. You've got to always get the why and then celebrate the why. Celebrate the why you're doing this. Find your why to keep you motivated and you'll go far. For me, my why is I just want to live a little bit longer. Um, for me, everybody, my, a lot, I will say, well, majority of people that I know in my family, they all have chronic illnesses. All have chronic illnesses. For me, um, I'm susceptible to all of those chronic illnesses. So that's what fueled my fitness journey in the first place. That and um, certain injuries that landed me in the, uh, in the hospital for about a week. Um, that's what fueled my fitness journey. And that's my why. Once you find your why to keep going, it, it, it'll be like a, uh, it'll be like a fire starter inside your body that just won't stop burning. And you'll just keep going and just keep going and just keep going. For me, my why is definitely, I've learned that I don't want anything to hold me back. And I am, it, it, it it was it was hard to get to this place, like I said, but I want to live an experience and I just don't want anything else to hold me back. And I know that my bad eating ha habits were. So that was my why, definitely. And that and you're and you're completely right. That's what keeps you motivated. Um and writing it down, I, I know I've shared and my the audience already knows, you know, our loyal listeners already knows that. I have a thing about journaling and it really helps me like to actually uh, get it from my brain into actual paper. It helps me to see. Um, so what I do, um, I have a journal, like a, like a eating journal, I guess. And I mm -hmm. write everything down, what I was feeling, what, like right now I'm going to write about what I was feeling when I had my cereal for breakfast, <laughs> you know, and how it made me that feel and acknowledging my feelings as well, because nutrition can also be very, very emotional. So that's a tool that I want to share with the audience that it helps me to, to stay motivated. And it's, it's been a while, like to, to do it. Um, and there's some, some meals that I skip and I don't write it down. Um, but I try my best to, to always take that little journal with me and, and, and really, you know, see where my mind is and where I'm at right now. And definitely, uh, support systems. I, I, I stand by those, you know, for me, I see it as in this journey, I see it as a team. Um, it's my nutritionist, uh, my, my professional counselor. And my trainer, you know, <laughs> they are a team and they, they know where I'm at and they know the struggles that I've been through. And, and it's very, uh, uplifting whenever I'm like in my class and, you know, my, my, my trainer, you know, when, when she sees me that I'm like, oh, I can't do this anymore. She, she usually, you know, throws me like a motivational, um, 
phrase like, hey, you're doing this for you. You're already here. Like you already made the decision of being here because I'm not going to lie to you, Scott. Like it was very intimidated to get started. So that's why I really want to acknowledge, you know, people who are listening that, you know, it's I think the hardest thing is to get started. That's the hardest thing. But once you do, again, it's step by step and it gets easier as you do it. But we acknowledge and we know like Scott and I, we know that it, it's a struggle, but you'll get there. You'll definitely get there. Um, so and one of the things that I want to ask you, Scott, because I think it's very important to acknowledge as well is there are certain foods that can um, tr- that can be triggers. Um, I know, for example, I've seen um, a couple of like memes and stuff like that. Coffee is one of them. And I know for myself, you know, I can drink coffee. And when I do, I'm like, oh, you already know the type of day that you're going to have. Um, so uh, what are some foods to avoid and how uh, can we achieve balance? Because at the same time, I like coffee. So how can I achieve balance between, you know, foods um, that can be triggering well as well, like you said, being easy on yourself? In some cases, you could sit there and you could say, oh, you're going to avoid it like the plague. And, and you know, you're going to get rid of all the coffee in your house and you're going to, you know, stop drinking it all together. Somehow coffee can find a way to grow some legs and it just hops into your cart and somehow you magically pay for it. And then all of a sudden it winds up in your cup. The next morning, got it. It's gonna happen. Um, there, there's no way, in my opinion, that, that there's ways to avoid it. But is it gonna make you happy? Is it gonna cure it for you? One of the things that I always tell somebody, tell, tell a lot of clients to do is find healthier alternatives. Um, and if 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 it's coffee you like, try and find a coffee that that doesn't have any caffeine in it. It's got to be some out there, or um, if there's a healthier alternative out there, research it and find it. Honestly, when it comes down to uh, nutrition journeys anyway, you're going to have to do it. Uh, when it came down to me, I used to have fried chicken Fridays. That was my thing. Um, or fried chicken Saturdays. And after a while, it just didn't work out for me. So what I had to do was I went to bake chicken um, Fridays or bake chicken Saturdays. And that was my healthier alternative. And also, what are the tools that um, my, you know, my nutritionist and my team gave me is think of yourself as the person that you love the most. When you're facing a mental illness, maybe you don't see yourself as that person that you love the most, but maybe it's a kid, maybe it's your children, maybe it's your mom, maybe it's your dad, your partner. How would you make sure that their nutrition was top notch? And just think of yourself that way. So that really helped me to get started. And when I was thinking about my triggers, I would think my dad and my mom, of course, are the people that I love the most. And I would think about my dad and think, hey, would I give my dad a cup of coffee, even though I know it would spike his anxiety? No. So why would I do it to myself? So that's another um, tool that I use. And now, Scott, we're we're leaning towards the end of this interview. And I'm sorry that we are because I'm enjoying this conversation so much. Um, but I want to ask you as well, if we have someone at home who is facing mental illness and trauma, how can we encourage them in healthy habits without being offensive or controlling of the situation? You got to find your niche. You got to find your home. One of the things that I do try to um, 
that I do try to build at the YWCA is a fitness family. And the majority of us that's been there, we've been working, working out together for some of us since 2017. And, you know, the more and more people come in, the, the better off that it gets. So for those that, that do have those mental issues, that's hard for them to talk about or that is hard for them to, you know, it's hard for them to, you know, break themselves out of that shell. In some cases, you, 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 you've got to find that support group. You've got to find it regardless of what, regardless of whether it's at, whether it's in a gym um, or regardless of whether it's in a, um, a, um, a focus group or whether it's in a book club or what have you, you have to find what works for you. Perfect, Scott. And now my final question would be, what is a message of hope that you would like to give to our community members, especially to those who were deeply impacted by August 3rd? Um, 2019. The biggest thing that I would like to say is that you're not alone. There's always somebody that you can talk to. Um, so, you know, there's always somebody out there that's willing to help you out because at the end of the day, not only did, did, did you go through it, but all of El Paso went through it. In some cases, majority of the United States went through it. Anytime that there's a, uh, a, a, a mass shooting or something like that, or it's an active shooting of some kind in the United States, everybody feels it. Just know that you're not alone and, and there's hope out there for you. you. You could be walking down the street and somebody could be walking right past you. That could be the one person or that one key. Um, to make your life feel a little, make you feel a little bit better or, or make your life a little bit better. All you need to do is just ask or, or just talk. Well, thank you so much for that, Scott. Thank you so much for this wonderful conversation. I really enjoyed my time, my time with you. Um, thank you. Thank you again. Can, can express it enough. I appreciate it. Hopefully uh, I, I helped you out, Mariana. Continue going on with your fitness, going along with your fitness journey. Uh, you're doing great. And uh, I would love to uh, continue uh, helping you out anytime you need any help. Thank you, Scott. Have a wonderful day. Okay, thank you. You too. Thank you so much for listening today. We hope this content serves you and your loved ones as well. If you enjoyed our podcast, please do not forget to subscribe and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at El Paso United FRC. To learn more about our commitment to the community's long-term recovery, Please join us on the next episode.